0: Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine God, I gotta be down because I want it all It started out with a
1: kiss Had it ended up like this It was only a kiss It was only a kiss Good evening and welcome along to G'day GAA I'm delighted to be joined here this evening in John Heenahan's kitchen in St. Kilda West How are you John? What a bad you, name, yourself? I'm good, I'm good I didn't even say hello to yourself, Shawnee How are you Shawnee? Very good lads Thanks for joining me guys, so coming up on tonight's show we're going to be looking at the Camogie Final a great result there for Cork we'll also be looking at the UN21 Final another bad day for Kilkenny unfortunately but a great win for Limerick and also looking ahead to the Ireland Football Final as well as a preview of the upcoming state games here in Australasia but first up we're going to just have a look at some tweets and some emails that we, we've got in so firstly I, I'm just going to cover the tweets we got another tweet in from our, our long time listener Parik Neary at Dirty Miss Neary. Brilliant stuff from the lads again. <laughs> Worth a listen for the sound bites alone. Top notch at GA. Thanks very mu- much for that, Porrick. We also got a, a tweet in from a long time listener, first time tweeter, Conor O'Grady, at COGS85. A very enjoyable commute Thursday mornings listening to Gadega. Very insightful and in depth hurling, lads. lads. Hashtag Gionaboo. I see. Oh, Gary O'Naboo. Gary He didn't have enough characters there to fit <laughs> in uh,
0: the full Gary on, But Thanks very much for that, Conor. Um, and you, ha- you have an email, Shawnee? Yeah, we got an email here from Patrick in Cork. Hi lads and g'day GA. Will one of you please tell that Waterford lad who is in denial that Waterford will never win in All-Ireland <laughs> playing with four scoring forwards. <laughs> Gleeson, Mahoney, Bennett and Brick, no matter how close he thinks they are, Listen to his ir- ir- irrelevant stats last week about position and why he's made him sound like a Hill 16 supporter. You need at least nine scoring forwards on your panel to lift Lee McCarthy, just like past winners had. I'm not having a go at Waterford here because they were enjoyable to watch this year, but like past Waterford teams, they're missing at least three forwards on their panel who can create a score from nothing. Forwards ha- Galway have at their uh, disposal. Forwards who can make a score when the game is in the melting spot. Milking pot. Sorry. I think spot. <laughs> Keep up the work, good work, lads. The podcasts are very interesting and inter- entertaining. That was a long email. He well, you are trying to read out one
1: go. Giggles' your response to that.
2: Uh, I, I'll just say Cork won about two All-Irelands with Noel McCarty, Timmy McCarty, and Garvin McCarty in the forward line. <laughs> so <laughs> I think they had about three scoring forwards: mm-hmm. Max Beck and them. Jodine, Ben O'Connor, <laughs>
1: but they weren't playing a sweeper.
2: They're Joe Dean Ben O'Connor and uh, who else? Neil Ronan. Well, there you go. If you're scratching at that one, you're you're scratching <laughs> along each there <laughs> They probably had two scoring forwards. To be fair,
0: um, Alan Brown. but to
2: not to not just deflect the question and point back to where the person is from.
0: I, what do you think of his points I and mean, we spoke about it last week? And I think you you. Well, I I did say it last week. I said they're missing yeah, yeah. those those forwards. Right? Uh, yeah. I, I they have everything yeah. up to as far as that forward line.
2: I think I think when we talked about the under twenty one team and the minor team coming through, you've got Stephen Bennett wasn't playing the player of the under twenty one tournament uh, last year. Patrick Curran, one of the best uh, forwards coming through, Tom through Devine. the game at the moment. Tom Devine mm-hmm. coming back in. There's three scoring forwards yeah. straight away. And then if you add that into Austin Gleason, Shane Bennett, Jake Dillon, Pari Mahoney, y- you have the, the nucleus of it, but they probably just need another year or two. So I stick with my uh, thing that we're, we're not too far away. Uh, probably a goal away at the moment. Still blinkered, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, we'll see, see how <laughs>
1: Kenny go in the next couple of years, Dean. Yeah. No, look, I know. It's not impersonal about Watford. I think, you know, you're coming from, obviously, it's a strong emotional ties there. You've got a couple of club men on, on the team as well. And we all wanted to... I was up for Watford in the final. I wanted, I wanted to see him well. But, you know, there are people out there with other opinions and we do have to respect them as well. I know, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Giggles. Thanks for reading that one else, Sean. We also got another email from Brian Turle. Um, g'day from the Algarve Great lively discussions over the series Never doubted that you'd stay involved in technology Liam, just remember who gave you your start Remember the Sky Remote Control Great to hear your voice over there Brian and Test That's just a little story about A family friend of ours has some trouble with their Sky Remote Control And I, I sorted it out for him But, <laughs> but uh, it ended up when you pressed To up the volume and turned on the kettle But look, we never really got over it But he's reminded me 15 years later Thanks very much Brian for tuning in And uh, keep on listening Okay, up next lads we've got the review of the camogie iron
2: file.
1: Well, Charlie, it looks like you were right again. You're on a hot streak with predictions.
0: Yeah, you predicted a Cork win. Yeah, Two weeks in a row now. Two weeks in a row. <clears throat> Cork had a great win. Um, a repeat of the league final this year, uh, which Kilkenny actually uh, won. Um, there was actually a bit of controversy um, after that game where the, the Cork team proceeded to warm down while Kilkenny were being accept- uh, accepting the, the trophy and having the speech. So, there was a, There's no love lost between those two teams, and we all remember the uh, handshake gate last year, yeah, where there was a bit of argy bargy at the end of one of the the handshakes. Um, so going into the game, was, on, yeah, it's you know, Cork led both of those. Well, yeah, we'll we we'll leave it. We'll leave that to your opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was it was all set up. They were going for the for the um the All Ireland titles. Is it Cork now has um twenty seven record they're the going out in front now yeah that's right so um no a fantastic game and the whole controversy over jim o'connor the party where had a an interview before the game and he wasn't giving it away that jim o'connor was wasn't playing either and um the kick any manager dony came on afterwards or is it dony or dalton dony she came on afterwards and they were asking her about jim o'connor and she was saying uh, she was saying that Kilkenny were expecting Jim O'Connor to be playing, so yeah. she kind of saw through the whole facade about Fair paper, O'Connor it was being injured. amazing to make it after the doubt that like the thought it was medial knee ligaments. She had yeah she had a grade two tear in her medial ligament. Jesus Christ, um, that was So that was that was a serious going right, yeah. and she she not only stood up in the game but she was actually the one who got got the level massive point. massive equalizer uh, on the on the 59th minute or 60th minute I think.
1: On the f- yeah, on the fifty
0: yeah, But yeah, minute. it was um pretty very close game, very low scoring. Um, I don't know what you thought of it, Liam.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think I think you have a couple of points on this game because you were watching it yourself over the weekend. I I think look, it was a real tough game, a very
2: physical game, but it was so, very very low scoring, ten points to nine.
1: What did you think? Yeah, like
2: I was going to pick Shawnee up there, and when he said it was a very good game, it was probably a very exciting game for a neutral because it was so tight. But I think. Uh, and I was listening to the, the analysts on the Sunday game afterwards as well and they kind of reiterated what I kind of saw through the game is that the Camogie teams this year for the first year have actually started to kind of imitate what the hurling teams are doing in terms of tactics defensively which when you go defensive on your tactics naturally you're not going to score as much but what both teams were doing, they weren't obviously playing an, uh, an obvious sweeper but they were both bringing their wing forwards back into their half-back line which meant essentially that it was four forwards versus eight backs on both sides of the field. And like I, I think Camogie over the last five to six years in particular has really upped its standards. The level of skill, the level of speed, the level of striking has really come up and you've seen some massive scoring games actually in semi-finals and finals in, in the Camogie. But uh, 2017 All-Iron final isn't one to bode well for Camogie uh, going forward to be honest in my opinion. I just think it was, it was a poor game very exciting game, very tense game, and Cork won't have any crams over it, they're the All-Ireland champions, they probably would have won. It. They would have taken it two points to one if they were if they were given it before the game, but I just think the negativity in terms of the tactics that's coming in from both sets of management on, on this, and I think it's coming in from Dublin as well, they did the same thing uh, against Kilkenny to try and stifle them, it, it's not good for the game of Camogie because you, you want to see Camogie players express themselves with the skill and the speed that they're playing with and the freedom that they can play with, not with these kind of packed defences and rucks and scrums and no one getting any kind of enjoyment out of the game
1: and it's very very difficult when, when you play against a team who decides to play that way by default a lot of times you end up playing that way as well yeah, you, know, it, it's, you, it's, you know it's, 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 very, like I said, it's very hard to watch and the amount of rucks and scrums and I think even the referee <coughs> normally would blow those scrums up a little bit or quicker think, but he didn't blow them up because they were happening so much he nearly had to Leave a goal, he would be blowing his whistle every two minutes.
0: I think were, were I don't know. I think I think it's a bit of un, unfair criticism, really, because I mean the the men's the men's game is actually going that way. It's been going that way over the last couple of years. Um, yes, there's been some criticism on the, the Sunday game and on papers and things like that. Like, but ultimately you had an all around final this year, the men's game, which was sweeper on sweeper. You know, and we had a we had a great all around final. So. You, you had a high scoring that's true too. But like, teams do what they do to win, like, you know, nobody's gonna, even, and oh, I mean, like,
1: Corkford, like you said, like, what do you say, like it Waterford
0: brought in this defensive system and the sweeper role, and they weren't get racking up high scores at the start of that venture, like, they're nowhere, they're nowhere getting their scores, but, but
2: they're, they're still scoring more than 10 points. Yeah. What, what I'd say to that is that. I know disrespect to Camogie, but like you've got the likes of Joe Canning or Austin Gleeson or Jamie Barron or these guys here who can score from hundred yards in hurling. Yeah. So it's di- it's different to football. You, you won't well, see a Camogie player strike the ball over the bar from hundred yards.
0: You pick out Jim O'Connor's equalizer, and that's a pr- bit of an exception, oh, I suppose. Or Megan
1: Megan like, Farrell for Kilkenny
2: got two points right. on the run
0: from
1: midfield at the sixty-five. Like excellent scores, yeah, so excellent. Sco- like, but I th- I, th- I, don't there's, think, there's, I don't think there's, there's, there's arguments to and fro. Uh, look, I don't think there's it's that they can't score from sixty-five or anything like that. I just think. Because it was so defensive, there's no space.
0: Yeah. yeah, you know, like that. The one like they're all around the middle third. They're all right around they? the middle
1: yeah. third. The game was played in the middle third, and then when you do get that bit of space and you break through, there was some excellent scores. Katie yeah. Carr got a couple of great scores as well, um, and like fine hurlers, like. But I I, 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 do think, yeah, it's not something I used to always look forward to the Camogie final, even as in, if Kenny weren't in it to watch it to see keep Komogi evolving and
0: improving it was like, exciting though I mean like oh, you, had, you had last it five was minutes leveled, were amazing you'd, but it, it was level the score was level from the 38th to the 60th minute right, yeah, throughout yeah. the game like so for a neutral I mean they would have been happy with a tight yeah you probably don't get to see the, the wide open skills and the wide open spaces You know,
2: so I, I just remember seeing some of the the earlier rounds of the Komogi Championship this year and, and there was the full forward for Offaly her name escapes now she scored 2-4-1 game and there was some massive scores in the earlier rounds like really tight games with big scoring but both teams and in particular Kilkenny went with this four up front they all lined up linear and then they went to break to the left and this game plan was no matter what happened the Kilkenny backs were to get the ball and strike it to the wings and the Cork backs were all over it they knew this was going to happen and the Cork backs you actually see were two steps ahead of the Kilkenny counterparts running towards the wings and beat them to the ball every time and uh, and it just so happened, Kilkenny had the ball going out in the last minute of the game before extra time. They still could have won the bloody game, mm. 9 points oh, to yeah, 8. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, yeah. I'm glad for Cork, because I thought Cork were the better team, just just to kind of say that up front. Cork were the better team over the, the 66 minutes, in, in my opinion. They were definitely the best team in the first half. Kilkenny got their run together, and then Cork finished more strongly. And I think sometimes when a game is tight like that, maybe there's a point or, 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 or it's level it's the team that probably has something to prove and has a little bit more hunger yeah. that'll probably win the game and Cork had lost last year to Kilkenny they lost the lead yeah. to Kilkenny there was that grist in fairness to them they, have, they were defiant rebels as, the, as they're is. called yeah. they did the warm down and they said to themselves in the last five minutes of that game we're not going to lose it and, that, and that's what and they did and, and, yeah.
1: and, a, and a key turn on point was you said about that Jim O'Connor point but what actually that what led to that point was the Kilkenny backs were coming out with the ball but the Cork forwards were hunting in packs mm. and they turned over it Possession. Yeah. Kelly had the ball like, and they were pined up at that stage. Going, they're in the 60th minute of that stage. Yeah. Turned over the ball. Cork recycled. It got it back to Gemma, and she slotted it. Like that point was a, fant- a fantastic score. It was, huge, and it was just kind of momentum massive. swing. And like, momentum swing.
0: And I said it was a huge momentum swing. And because it was Gemma O'Connor who actually hit the ball and or hit the point, probably you know raised everybody up around her as well. Yeah. Like the whole Cork team lifted, like because their injured star. Whether how injured she was or not but she's got a grade two medial ligament strain like so that's pretty serious but like everybody when she hit that score like everybody around her just rose like and you had you had Ashley thompson who was absolutely phenomenal throughout the game she ran herself ragged and all she did was just work 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 for the whole game
1: i think work rate was a big thing you just oh, associate with car like, they just never gave up today in, in anything like they just you, hounded like kenny
0: you had orla Cronin who was you know, kept an eye on. Is it Ann Dalton? Ann Dalton, and and yeah, Dalton, it's yeah. Rack, yeah. Yeah, she like she was the one who was, was, uh, was predominantly sweeping in the in the mm. previous games, and she kept her quite, Well, kept her busy, like, cause she had to watch Orla Cronin the whole time, and like it was a fairy tale finished in with Julia White when she and came. Douglas, in. Oh, yeah. massive. Two and touches, ball and hand in hand, ball over the oh, bar. What way to. And she's actually she actually was uh, was injured the last couple of years. She's a former captain of the Cork oh, o-kay. o-kay. She played fifteen yeah. minutes of Camogie since two thousand fifteen. That's so, right, to come yeah. on and That's score the winning point, one, point say, she she's absolutely fine. I think it was between,
2: between glandular fever and a torn knee, knee ligament yeah. and another sickness. She just kept getting knocked back and That's then right. come on. So, fair play to her for, for winning the All-Ireland for Cork.
1: But what about, though, I suppose the All-Ireland headlines have to go to Rena Buckley. What yeah. an amazing achievement. 18 All-Ireland medals, has now captained both the Cork team to All-Ireland football success. And also Cork the Cork and team. Like that will I don't think that will be repeated. Very, very unlikely to be repeated. No. And it probably could only happen in Cork given the have won so many football and, yeah. and recent times. Phenomenal. And yeah. I think that like that like that's not getting the coverage that it deserves. You know what like, I you know, we have realistically for any county to win duel in, in men's is is gonna be very, very hard it, into the future, might never happen again. We had it back at Cork in nineteen ninety.
2: We probably we haven't seen it since. The closest someone came to it was Alan Kearns actually in two thousand and one with Galway who they lost the Ireland final mm. and he won the football mm, final. That's but, right, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, like, Regina, Regina Buckley. Um,
0: Rena. Rena, Rena. Rena Buckley.
2: Rena, short for Regina, I think. <laughs> Re- Rena Buckley, I, I think, look, they say Phelps won 22 Olympic medals, Regina Buckley won 18 All Ireland titles, so fair yeah. play to her. Phenomenal. Brilliant.
0: And, yeah, I was going to bring up that point as well, like, that it won't, she won't get the plaudits. She'll no. probably get the plaudits down in her own county. Yeah. Um, and probably not even justified, you know, not even to the extent that should, she should but uh, across the country like she won't like you'd hope to see her get some sort of a you know a national award at the end of the year but be hard to see that yeah. but like seven camogie titles and 11 football titles is it's some unbelievable ball, isn't it? Like, <laughs> and she's only she's only 27 oh Like she hasn't even God. hit 30 yet like and she's got 18 in the phenomenal. Yeah, there's probably
1: more to come there yeah. um look i think look and obviously there was a bit of controversy then in the junior game i don't know if you guys saw that between cork and mead where i didn't mean it immediate, sorry where it was a draw game going into the last minute and the referee blew the whistle as in the middle of play in the middle yeah, of play when the yeah. meet were attacking and she subsequently put the ball over the bar but the ref had blown the whistle as they were attacking it was a really really strange very one. very
0: harsh isn't
1: it yeah and they were very critical on the sunday game of it as well i know Mark's there i wouldn't blame them in
0: fairness yeah, like if yeah. you were if you were in if you were in full flight, you know going for the winning score and, and next thing blew the whistle and like you had time to hit it you know Yeah.
2: it's interesting though because in the ladies football then you've got the, the hooter the hooter yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know is there a mix up or because there, there isn't a rule that the ball has to go to play
1: no no I know I know the ball can be blown up in, yeah. in it doesn't have to be a dead ball but it was just watching the back scene the way it you know actually happened you're like oh god you really feel sorry for me. but they're they're going to a replay but um, yeah no look look, look Take your points, giggles on, on the standard and on, also what you said, Sean, Look, I think as Cork said, I think they said in themselves in back in the Crown Plaza, if they won two points to one, you know, yeah. they didn't care. Once they, you know, the Duffy Cup is going back down to Lee side, and like Kilkenny, I think, and Cork is a kind of a, a new rivalry in Camogie the last couple of years, and there's a bit of there's a bit of uh, niggling which is which is always yeah. kind of good to see. Yeah. You, get to, you spoke about those couple of incidents, yeah. and it's probably one going forward, there would be a rivalry going forward. Now I know they asked. And only after the match whether she's gonna stay on or not and she says she's gonna have to think about it. But um I think she's doing great work there with Kilkenny. That that Kilkenny had been off the scene for a while at the top at the top table and it's good great to see him back up there. Um
2: You'll also have Dublin join the party next year. Mm. Now they got very close this year, they got within a goal at Kilkenny in the semi final. they your your county mate David Heritage managing them. So I think they and then they've got the population, you know, so um I think they'll come into the mix. Galway are always very strong, so it's going to be a really good Camogie Championship. Clare, Offaly, then, and Limerick, then are the other three teams that are kind of always building. So it'll be it'll be a good Camogie Championship, I think, for the next five to seven years, anyway. Well, look, our congratulations to Cork. It's going back down down to Lee's side, Their second trophy of the year,
1: Shanny. After I suppose the other big one, your top was that Monster Senior title that the Corkers won. So. Great year, great year for Cork GA in general, and we wish you all the best of luck for on, next year. On the way back. On the way back. <laughs> all right. Coming up next, we got the review of the Under Twenty One Ireland between Limerick and yo Tipperary. Yo so what's life supposed to be about, baby? Get not free up your pipe and stop acting
0: crazy. Reminisce on all the good times, baby. Why you trying to pull that cabbie acting scene? The your ball hands
1: out the, the feet far feet side, feet to Henry Shefflin. Henry has a look. Henry puts it over the bar. The insurance fight! Mrs. McGinnis, kick that one out! Kick the ball out of that one, Mrs. McGinnis! Cusack is not
2: delayed now! To be
1: we, mind, okay... Sian, hates hate saying it again, Sian, his predictions.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm loving this. Shawnee, yeah. we want you to predict Mayo to win next <laughs> yeah, week, right? Yeah, seriously. We want. You're, yeah, you're under pressure now with this football prediction <laughs> coming up.
1: <coughs> no, look, I'm very, very disappointed in the display from Kilkenny. Like, a, a brilliant Limerick team, well-deserved winners on the day, but Kilkenny only scoring four points in play, Like that's just not good enough. And 11 points overall. Like,
0: Yeah, not, oh. not something that Kilkenny people would be very happy about. No. But uh, I mean, look, look. taken not to take away from, like the superiority of Limerick as well. Like they were just, they were phenomenal. Like you know, they had their second All Ireland title in three years. <clears throat> they had um, eight pl- or seven players who played senior, as as John mentioned last week. Um, Sean Finn, Kyle Hayes, Aaron Galan, Keen Lynch, Peter Casey, Tom Morrissey, and Barry Nash, and like every one of them, like stood up to a man. I mean, Aaron Gillan was phenomenal. He had four points. From freeze. Uh Keane Lynch actually came off for about he went off forty it, yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um he was very influential. Um I thought Kyle Hayes was, was phenomenal as well.
1: And the Limerick midfield I think had a huge bear. I think the Kenny's pairing of of Richie Lattie and Luke Scallum would have been one in Kilkenny that we're very excited about. We'll say Richie Lattie played senior with this but year.
0: Played well. this uh, uh, year.
1: No, he got t- he got taken off. The, I think Colin Ryan and Robbie Hanley f- were just Dominating the two boys, mm. like and, and that was the right along the fi- around the pitch really. Kilkenny didn't probably win any of their battles. I thought, in fairness, in the second half, John Donnelly had a great second half. Now he was on, he was on uh, Kyle Hayes, which was no easy, easy man to mark. But he really stood up, got a couple of points, and he put the shoulder in and on, on Kyle uh, Hayes. And Kyle Hayes was still plucking a lot of ball and yeah, on perfect. on a lot of ball. Mm. But he was probably on Kilkenny's
2: only, only stand up do, do you think it'd be fair to say Liam that probably Kilkenny had only four scoring forwards, so that's why they probably didn't win the All Ireland?
1: In reference to the email from Patrick from Cork. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that Kilkenny had, had no issues racking up scores all, all year. Um, yeah, but I, thi- I think I think it comes back to who they were playing. So yeah. they probably played an ordinary Dublin team, better a 40-man Wexford and then bet Derry. So Kilkenny probably had an, actually didn't have a very difficult no. path towards his final. And it's the way, that I suppose, the under-21 is set up. I just don't think it was about not Kliena having a score just Limerick were better on the day. And I think physically... Limerick were a lot stronger That's than what I was say as well, Like yeah. they look, it looked like kind of boys against men for were, a,
0: for a lot of it. Like Kenny were bullied. They were well developed men, like yeah, you know, they were. They, they were, and and like I was going to get to that point about, you know, normally associate that physicality with Kenny teams, even even down as far as the minor and twenty one. Like they're always physically stronger and up for the battle and, and and like stick in with that and just grind teams down. Like, but and and they. The guys actually had that. I thought the Kilkenny lads had that, but they just no. they were up against me. Like they were just railroaded all over the field.
1: And it was the same with the Kilkenny minors this year against Galway. Like that Galway minor team that we spoke about last week, was such a physically yeah. strong team. And the Kilkenny Miners on the day as well looked smaller in comparison. So, like Hurl's turned into such a physical game now mm. in terms of strength and condition, especially for minor level up. That bef- like before there was minors weren't conditioned. They weren't you know they weren't in gym plans that kind of stuff. The last four or five years minors under 21s are
0: like they're men at this stage now you know and if you're not up to that level you just kind of get blown away it is because you've all a lot of counties have have started and this is going back the last 10 years they've started their development squads they're under 14 under 16 development squads and that and that's where they're getting the the coaching they're getting like nutrition they're getting you're getting on gym plans as far back as that and under 16s even so like that's that maturity is now coming to the fore and you see it even in the senior teams at the moment as well like Conor Whelan this year we've got it oh right. yeah. but you know.
2: I, I think this Limerick team though in general just I've seen it. I, have, I didn't see the game at the weekend I'll be actually just where you, John actually li- li- linking it back to Limerick though it was a funny. I was up in Uluru which for anyone who doesn't know is that big rock. red rock in the middle of Australia in the middle of the desert and I was out in a campsite with about 10 Germans <laughs> 2 Dutchies 2 Japanese ones and uh, an Aussie tour guide and we were sitting around the campfire having our barbecue and the <coughs> Aussie tour guide said, well, I put on a few, uh, a few tunes and go on, yeah, put on whatever. And what did he put on? Fuck your Honda Civic, I have a horse outside with oh, the rubber amazing. bandits. Yes. <laughs> so in the middle of the desert, there was a link back to Limerick and I was thinking of a club made of ours, Shawnee Fitz. He, he gave me dog's abuse uh, during the week for Tip and Kilkenny, but Shawnee, you were right. <laughs> Limerick won and, and uh, the rubber bandits had their way. Can't but I think, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think Limerick... Had a lot of the players that they won the under 21 with two years ago. They had a phenomenal side. Yeah. If they had beaten Watford last year, they probably would have won the All Ireland last year. It was them and Watford were kind of in, in the ring for the under 21. They had eight
0: players that won an All Ireland uh, in 2015. Two years ago. So like, that's a huge amount.
2: And they've had eight players that played senior, whereas yeah. Kilkenny had no player who, who. They probably had a lot of players who got beaten by Westmead last year, and they have four guys on the Kilkenny panel. <coughs> That's kind of yeah. the level of the two teams that they're at. And we probably place a lot of emphasis on Eddie Brennan on the Sunday game, typically Kenny the last day, as opposed to looking at the actual mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. And l- when you look at the Limerick players, from an under-21 grade perspective, uh, I think they were by far the best team in, in the competition. But the one thing I'd say, and I think every Limerick person is thinking this, is how do we translate now the under-21 winning players into into senior? And uh, And I'd look at a lot of the players, and I'd be a little bit worried for Limerick transitioning into senior, because I don't think they have a Joe Canning or an Austin Gleeson-style player coming through in that bunch. Kyle they Hayes. Seem, they all seem to be... Oh, Kyle Hayes was a
0: standout now. Mm-hmm. And he was a
2: stand he heard well for Limerick senior.
0: I think Galán is, is, a, is See, one I, of those like, big, powerful forwards. He, I thought he'd be one of those. But anyways. Stephen
2: Dowling was the same t- three or four years ago, and what was the downs was meant to be the same, yeah. and they didn't, they Look, didn't filter through. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I, just, I just don't know, do they have the kind of quality they have all that really good bunch coming through and it was the same thing with the three in a row team they had all that bunch and then they parachuted them all in at the same time into the senior yeah. team and it just didn't work so Limerick kind of just have to be careful now that they transition these guys into senior in the correct way and but I, I don't think there's there's the players there in the spine to kind of help these guys stick on to it. These guys are going to go into the senior and be the main men straight away.
1: And that's what Pat Donnelly was interviewed, the Olympic manager, after the match, and he was asked about that. And he said, look, he thinks that they should be contesting Ireland in the next two to three years at senior level. And like, I suppose, it's like your point is that they probably should be, given what's coming, yeah. but whether they they can transition him in. And like you said, having those lads to kind of it's flesh them out, it's yeah. very,
0: very hard. It's but never but an automatic transition. No. I mean, Joe Canning, when he's last, I mean, when he went. His last year on one was two thousand seven, hmm. and ten years later he was a senior on around. So
1: and look, with Kilkenny's success as well. They were very lucky. A lot of those lads who came in were coming into good teams. Like you know, I think that yeah. was Kenny's longevity was, like you had likes Richie Hogan come in, T J e. come in. Conveyor in. The, belt was the rolling. The like conveyor like belt was really rolling. Yeah. They had one minors in two thousand eight under 21s in two thousand eight. There was that you know pedigree there, whereas it's very hard to come in. It's grand winning like you said, Limerick winning twenty one. Probably should have won a minor a few years ago as well. But they're not coming into a successful side or to an established side and be expected to deliver straight away. And I think Waterford had that. They still had the you had break there. You'd Kevin Moore, and, you know, and a few other wise transitions. That really helped. I think those Waterford lads come through this year and the, and the previous years.
2: Well, the the one thing I'd say about Waterford that might be different to Limerick, that Limerick might look at as a template, is that Waterford had a really kind of a, tran- a, a, a visionary manager in Derek McGrath. Derek McGrath had a vision four years ago and it, he came within a goal of it coming to fruition in terms of looking at how his players play, looking at what, what he had and transitioning them in over a fast period of time. So the Limerick management and the senior management would be key for Limerick now over the next two years to make sure that this team kind of moves in the right direction towards Lee McCarthy. And yeah.
0: what about Kikini what about from here, Liam? Where do you see the that Kilkenny team or what players would you see moving into the senior panel
1: well I, I I was speaking to some of the boys over the weekend and we were hoping before the, obviously before the match took place that we were going to see probably Richie Lattie come through Luke Scallon come through and I don't want to say just because in the back of that performance that those boys aren't going to come through and be, and be established senior players but there's probably not if you were to look at that game on Sunday in isolation John Donnelly was probably your standout but do you think he's going to come on and big a, a senior Kilkenny like hurler it's hard to say probably not you wouldn't have picked him out in an earlier game so Look, there is that bit of a worry there in Kilkenny. They got to look at minor semi final or in a puck of a ball of beating Galway, but it's just not the same as what we've had going. And obviously, touching on the point with even with um, in reference to Limerick, the guys that are going to be breaking through now. Are not going into a Kilkenny team that's winning all Ireland and that's you know at the very top. They're coming into a team now that's probably gone back a peg or two. It's going to be harder for those guys to break through, mm. and they're going to have to kind of step up, and that's not an easy thing to do. Like Richie is probably going to get some more time in the league this year, maybe Luke Scanlon as well very, very tough in Division 1A in that league, playing games in February, March. And yeah. those guys are not, I don't think, at, at the physical level required to play in those positions at the moment, to play in midfield um, at senior level, inter level. So, look, I'm not I'm not go- like, thinking Kilkenny are going to just disappear over the next few years, but I think it's going to be, it's a lot more even, the, the pack, as we know, um, still be competitive, but I don't know where we're going to be contesting our finals, unfortunately, in the next year or two.
2: I agree with you. and I think just looking at the Kilkenny team, physically they just look too small to be breaking into a senior team. Yeah. you could put most of Limerick lads into a senior team and they, they wouldn't we'll look, look up. The best. And
0: that's and that's just <coughs> that's just the evolution of, of Kilkenny. Like they've been on such a crest of a wave of success in the last what, ten years, as it was a bit, probably a bit more maybe fifteen, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, so they're, they're coming down now and and like you can't keep that going like and there's gonna well, be there's gonna be a down period for Kikini yeah, for next two or three years or yeah or and more. I think look I think like we've had obviously had so much
1: success that look you know there's going to be a couple of years rebuilding I think that's okay I suppose the big question we might talk about in another episode is, is how long is Brian Cody going to stay on I'm obviously a big fan of Brian Cody and most Kikini people are. But it, you know he has a huge rebuilding job <coughs> to go through now, and he probably won't have the same talent that he's disposed that he's had over the last fifteen years. So it's going to be a, a massive challenge for him. And there's rumors circling in Kilkenny that he's g- going to get rid of the background, the background Big team, and go for a clean sweep there. So that will be interesting how that plays out in the next few weeks before Christmas. As he if he, if he's getting a new team together, um, it'd be interesting to see how that one that one pans out. But something i want to correct actually before we move on to the football, I said last week about. Golo winning the double, minor and senior <coughs> sorry, excuse me, that hadn't been done since Kilkenny in two thousand three. Tipperary actually did it last year. And before oh. and before that, Kilkenny did it in two thousand fourteen and two thousand and eight. So oh, yeah. bit of a slip up there for me and a couple of people messaged me about that. So That a tip, was a
2: bad comment by you. That was a bad statement. <laughs> that was a bad statement by me.
1: So uh, yeah, thanks to Shane Walsh and Tipperary for picking me up on that. He's he was very keen to point out a tip one won the, the double last year. Well done, Shane. No sign of it this year though. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Look, moving on, we think we'll we, we go can ahead sit now.
0: They Oh, sorry? They can sit back with Kikini and drone their sorrows and yeah. everywhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but Tipperary couldn't back it up. We won't get into that now again. <laughs> we won't get into that now again. But anyway, look, coming up next, we got the preview of the Honourable file in the football.
2: It's work to Chrissy Barrett, to Conor O'Shea. Mayo get one last throw of the dice. Conor O'Shea driving down the field. The Hill want Morris Deegan to blow it up. We're in the eighth minute of injury time. Parsons' shot blocked. The ball is smothered. It's all over. It's just not meant to be. It's just not meant to be for Mayo. fought the good fight, they're carried out of their shields but for Mayo it's a story of second best one more time. Never-
1: Okay, football final, Giggles, you're kind of a second generation Mayo man, proud Mayo heritage.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this match, it's, it's Dublin v Mayo, it's the three in a row chasing dubs versus 66 years of the House of Pain, it's, it's the Invincibles versus the Never Never men, it's Connolly versus Keegan, it's going to be an unreal match I think, I, I kind of can feel it that it's going to be. Uh, did you have that written down there, did you? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you ruined my book counties. we talk about Kilkenny hurling in the football section, yeah. will we? <laughs> I don't mind. Um, I know, I, I, on a serious note, it's, I, I think it's going to be a really intriguing match. I think the last four times these counties met, in 2006, <laughs> 2012, last year and the year before, there's been a kick of a ball between them. Um, there's been two replays, there's been two Mayo wins, there's been two Dublin wins. Uh, so it's 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 just going to be a really tight match. You got, and I think most people think Dublin can't be beaten this year. I still don't think they've been tested yet. Mayo have been tested about twenty times over. So it's just going to be intriguing, and, and there's there's so many talking points on it.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting you talk about Connolly on Keegan there straight up. You think Connolly will start? Because it's interesting, Sean
2: Cabra in the preview on the Sunday game on tonight night, does not think Connolly will start. Uh, I only said Connolly versus Keegan because they've got the history kind of uh, over yeah. the last couple of years. Probably Connolly won't start now. Which is amazing, isn't it? Like,
1: really, like, if you, you know, if you were to say that when he got suspended, when that suspension went down, he'd be like, gosh, oh, he's going to be back for the semi-final, and he would be back for the final. And he played, what, a couple of minutes in the semi-final, and he's not going to gain. Now, I'm not saying he, he's chugging him, but it's amazing that a player of that calibre, is going to probably start on the bench
2: on Sunday. I think, I think most people need to remember as well, Jim McConnolly is human. You know what I mean? And he's been on the Dublin panel for guts of 10, 12 years and he actually might have been affected by a 12 week suspension believe it or not you mm-hmm. know so uh, Pat, or Jim Gavin is a shrewd manager he doesn't hold Dear Mcconnelly in reserve against Tyrone just because uh, to send him a message I, I don't believe I think dear Mcconnelly may not have been just good enough to start the last day against Tyrone on basis of form because he was suspended for uh, 12 weeks so um, it's it, it it all depends on the form in the Dublin camp whether he's going to change it up or not. I, I can't see him changing that team for the Mayo final unless it's a tactical change to look at something specific in the Mayo team.
1: Yeah, I think to him also Shane made that point as well on on the preview. He was saying about that that he might start him just as to have that effect on Keegan. That because Keegan has been such a force going forward, that that if he has collie in the back of his mind, I know that could upset him a little bit you know but look we'll have to wait and see on Sunday what way that will we'll play out but another big I suppose burning question is where does he play from AO where will Aide? no shape play and I suppose they're looking at centre forward for him be, he's definitely not going to be in the, in the full back like this this week I don't think any anyway, we could safely say that can we I, I, th-
2: I think you could safely say but my, my one concern would be who will they play full back mm. you know they might actually put Lee Keegan back full back because he just closes up shop the man he's marking is not going to score and guarantee you that if he's playing full back you have Higgins in front of him doing the sweeper. You've got Harrison and Barrett now as two serious cornerbacks. So Mayo, if they had that kind of a centre there, they don't really have a weakness in the fullback line that would have been there in 2013 and in 2016, like when you had Joe Cafferci, who just seemed to be kind of morally demolished by the Dubs time and time again. So um, the, the, the Dublin team, you could probably call it with a certain degree of certainty of how they'll start because of the Aidan O'Shea factor and where he played the last day. It's kind of hard to know where Mayo are going to kind of pull their first 15 out of. Yeah, and
1: I suppose, uh, like we're talking about lineups there and Aiden O'Shea and Connolly, I suppose, but the massive part of this game, which is always, which is in getting football over the last year has been such a big thing, is is the goalkeepers and the kickouts and the impact they're going to have in the game. Obviously, Cluxton is so well regarded and so well known that he literally unlocks so many different attacks for Dublin on picks, different defences. He can go long, he can go short. Um, but Clark equally has a massive role to play for Mayo on Sunday.
2: Well, you've got the best shot stopper in the game, David Clark, against the best kick goalkeeper in the game, uh, Stephen Cluxton, and the best kick out in the game, Stephen Cluxton. Stephen, uh, David Clark is kind of um, David Clark is interesting. He got dropped last year for the final of the replay on the basis his kick outs weren't good enough. A lot of the pundits have kind of pinpointed Clark's kick out to something Dublin are going to go and attack. But knowing Stephen Rochford and the kind of tactical mind he is, he's going to have something in play for that. Like David Clark's kickouts in the second day against Kerry, I think they won something like 98% of their own kickouts.
1: Yeah, I think, and Sean Kavanaugh was saying on the Sunday game as well, uh, he'd like to see Mayo take some risk with their kickout and go along at the start. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just to try and win some of that. They have like big ballers in the middle of the field.
2: Well, Dub- Dublin don't have the same midfield that Kerry had. David mm. Moore and Maher and Jack Barry are all massive men and well able to feel it. Dublin will probably have uh, Fenton for sure, and they'll probably have James McCarthy start at midfield as well, who isn't like a ball winner, but he'll get on every single break. So Mayo do have the option to go long against Dublin, whereas they probably didn't have that much of an option to go long against Kerry.
1: And what's interesting to him with the, the reverse of it then with Cluxton, I, I find it fascinating to hear, about whether do you just concede the Dublin kick out and let them have the ball and let him work it up short and, and Tommaso Shea was advocating that Mayo should concede the kick out on Sunday which is just it just kind of it defies f- from my head you're like you want a contest kick out you but know you push and Tyrone spo- Sean Cavanagh spoke about Tyrone yeah. that. they pushed up on Closon's kick but out what but it norm- didn't matter
0: that's what normally Mayo have done is that they've, they've left them, you know they've mm. conceded the kick out if it's if it's at a certain distance and they let them come back because they've, they've got the athletes to go with them and but That's the different,
2: the difference why it works for Mayo and it doesn't work for other teams is because other teams play a sweeper or yeah. two sweepers. Yeah. So there's naturally a free Dublin lad in the middle yeah. of the field, and Cluxon can pick him out. Whereas Mayo don't play a sweeper. No. Na, they have the in, runners. In all the rest, rest yeah. of games. Yeah. So when they pushed up on the kickouts, and when they did it against Dublin, Cluxon shit himself once or twice. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicked it out over the line. We got a goal. It was it was Kluxen was nearly in meltdown. I remember. Yeah, he was oh, rattled. Half time um, came and saved them. Half time yeah. came and saved them and. I think if Mayo don't play the sweeper, then they can push up, because they'll have every other player, as long as they mark their man, Owen Bennett will love that, love that phrase, he'll give me a doing about it, but as long as they mark their man and push up and they don't leave that free Dublin man there, Cluxon has to kind of go along then, like so that that's the way you, you you push up and I disagree with Tomás O'Shea now with all the other medals that he has. Former, uh, football, former footballer <laughs> of the year as well. <laughs> yeah, from a, a corner forward over here in Gary Owen in Melbourne. But well, I think uh, <laughs> I think, I think or need to push up. They cannot concede because if Dublin are one of the best te- attacking teams going forward, Fili McMahon will get it. Keena Sullivan will get it. Jack McCaffrey will get it. And you don't want those guys hitting into the third, fourth, and fifth gear running towards it.
1: But it's amazing that we're we're so excited about kickouts, isn't it? Like again, yeah. Sunday that's going to be such a, like we love watching how that's going to go down, especially with like what's Cluxton doing. Like it's such a massive talking point now, particularly for Dublin. Um, it's going to be it's going to be intriguing to see in the first ten minutes just the the, the, the psychological warfare nearly. Yeah, with but the there, for there, is
0: there is a bit of needle still as well around the Connolly and, and, and Keegan situation. I mean, I heard an interview from uh, Stephen Rochford recently, and he was talking about it was very coincidental how all the former Dublin greats were, were you know pushing on the, the whole Lee Keegan thing and getting in and Connolly and next thing when they played in the replay it was it was um, Keegan out with the yellow card straight away. So there was there was there's a bit of needle still there lying around about that. Mm, yeah, so that'd I be interesting.
1: Look, the Dubs. I think it's often a source that you love know, using an Errol Kenny reference, but they're well able to play on the edge. You know what I mean? Like they're they're able to match teams who put it up to them with that kind of stuff, and they won't take a step backwards. And they're going for a three in a row on Sunday as well. Uh, you can't forget that. And I know we're talking about you know people are saying they're undefeatable and Sean not reckons they could win at 80% on Sunday which I think is a huge insult yeah. to Mayo to just make it a is. statement like uh, that I,
2: I, I don't think I think it's an insult to the entire football championship never mind Mayo but I, I, I don't I, I think this weekend history is going to be made regardless someone's going to win the three in a row for mm. the first time since I think it's Galway back in the 60s is it? I'm no sure. to Kerry back in the 80s sorry yeah. and, or Mayo are going to end 66 years of heart one, yeah. one, mm. one of the two things are going to happen unless it goes to another bloody replay which I wouldn't back against but um, yeah, I don't think Dublin will win at eighty percent. I think I think Mayo will come. I don't think they have any hang-ups about losing All Ireland. I think they're going to be in the mind frame of, Do you know what, if we're going to go out and give it our all. And if we lose another All Ireland, it's only another match. That's the, the mentality I'd say of most of Mayo players being honest about it. Yeah,
1: and I think there's not there's not new for these teams, even for Mayo. It, it's like the All Ireland occasion yeah. isn't a thing. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? How many All Irelands have they been in recent times, particularly even that panel? Same with Dublin. It's literally another game for them. There's Dublin versus Mayo. Mayo need to get the job done on Sunday. Now I know we spoke in, in, the, in our preview of the All-Ireland final and the review about how important the bench was. Okay, so I'm going to put you to the test here now. We spoke and we called it the Warford bench. We thought they were going to be the winning of the All-Ireland final for the Hurlers. Where, do you, who do you think has the stronger bench on Sunday?
2: Uh, there's no doubt on paper Dublin have the stronger bench. Yeah. You, like, you've got uh, McMenimum, Conley, Brogan, O'Gara, Paul Flynn. Like, there's five lads who win an Puffet all-star. Puffet started last year, was he? He didn't know. He came on and scored three points. Uh-huh. Um, like there, There's five lads who would win an all-star on any other inter-county team and they're a sub for Dublin. Um, you have Michael Darren McCauley coming on in midfield. You have Darren Daly coming on in the backs. That's Conor Costello and Conor Report. Like You can name a hole in second 15. Yeah, see, uh, Alan Brogan, in fairness to him, I like Alan Brogan. I think He was a fantastic player and he's a good analyst as well. And He was replying to Colm O'Rourke about the that. the in Dublin in two and he said well we'll be the crack in that Dublin will be playing Dublin in the final yeah. every year and he's probably right but um, I, I think Dublin on paper have a lot coming off the bench and they should have enough if it comes to that if it's tight to kind of bring on these guys and they should make a difference but you kind of have to legislate then between a fresh guy coming on wanting to win a three in a row and mistake his place versus a Mayo guy who's trying to end 66 years of and three years of losing all Ireland or four years of losing all Ireland mm-hmm. so it's I, I think Tactically, it's going to be a huge thing at the start. How do they set up? How does the first 25 minutes go? Who knows? Dublin, Dublin have the ability to come out and blow Mayo away in the first 25 minutes. And as we've seen before, Mayo have the ability to come out and blow teams away in the first 25 minutes. Well, now I don't think the latter will happen. Mm. The, the, the farmer probably has a, a more realistic chance of happening. But I just, I, I would hope that this time, this game is won on a moment of brilliance like the Kieran McDonald point in 2006 rather than a mistake. Because I think if you look at all our uh, Mayo defeats to Dublin over the past couple of years you've got the two own goals yeah. you've got or Kafferke at full back conceding two stupid goals to Bernard Brogan in that Ireland final when Mayo could have won the game you Killian last year missing the free in the last minute to draw the game for the second time so nearly seems to have been that it's been a tight game and it's always been the Mayo mistake that's given the, Dublin mm. the Ireland and I don't mean to discredit Dublin by saying that but they're the kind of points you kind of look at and I just think this year has to be the year for Mayo just to go on and just have that moment of brilliance in the last five minutes and win it as opposed to lose it. Prediction? I'm, I'm predicting Mayo with my heart, with Dublin with my head. But uh, I'm hoping Shawnee will, will come along and support me and predict Mayo as well. We're <laughs> we coming, we
1: coming to you last, Shawnee, lucky last. Right? I, I, I'm going to go for Dublin. I, I think the same way, I'd love to see Mayo win. But I just think Dublin have too much in reserve. And I think they're just they're kind of riding on a high at the moment that they just don't think they can be beaten. You know, and I don't think they're going in like overconfident, but I think they're just playing with such authority at the moment and such confidence. I think
2: they'll have enough to over the line. Yeah. The one, the one thing I'd say before I come in is I, 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 wouldn't underestimate how poor the Kerry team that Mayo bet was. Yeah, I don't think they were a great Kerry team. I think Mayo beating Kerry was a massive mm. thing for Mayo yeah. because we hadn't bet them in 30 years or something like that, 1996, uh, 21 years. Um, but. I don't think they're a great team. I think Tyrone would have beaten that Kerry team, uh, and Tyrone got swatted away by Dublin. Dublin. So there's an element of worry to me. That sense, our Dublin is just un- invincible. Are they going to hammer the crap out of Mayo at the weekend? That'll be that'll be remain to be seen.
1: Sean it's all on you. Sean you're uh, going for four in a row. I know. I think. Is look, that right? Four in a row. we six in a row. I'd say. We'll have to listen back to our podcast. I think he's got one wrong yet.
2: Yeah.
0: I um. He, no, he does I his look, homework. I have to um, I have to say, I look. I do. I really do want to see Mayo win I mean most of the country probably want to see Mayo win um, the whole the whole country, country wants to see Mayo win except Bardugo. Galway except a few guys in Galway no, right. the Galway lads are
2: sour out yeah. they wouldn't
0: want to see Mayo win no. there's a few lads here right? that wouldn't want to see Mayo win either no. from Galway shocking, isn't it? Um, look I'd love to see Mayo win but and look Mayo as I said in the last I think it was a podcast for last I was saying like Mayo know a lot about their team this year and Mayo have been tested time and time again they've They've kind of won games, you know, against Cork and against Derry, where they weren't things weren't going their way, the luck was against them, and they still found a way to win. Um, like I've, I've a lot of hope for them. Like, but Dublin are just they're just a machine, like just a well-oiled machine. You've got the likes of Con Callan coming in this year as so, well, like who oh, yeah. wasn't even playing last year, like, and he's he's probably running in for for footballer of the year at this stage, like, so. Um, my prediction is, is is unfortunately going to be double. Oh. um, I'd love to see Mayo. But he has to I, be wrong, I, once <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be wrong, and I'd love to see Mayo win. And I, I particularly don't want to watch Jim Gavin's boring interviews after games either. So, um, turn into the new Brian Cody, uh, is he? Ah, he's, oh, he's broken. Listen to doesn't he?
2: Ah. T- it's interesting actually
0: though That we spent most
2: of the time Talking about the Dublin Major We didn't even talk about Their own starting players mm-hmm. uh, Like Philly McMahon Is phenomenal And he's always done Massive damage Conor Callaghan You just said his name there He He's in line for Football of the yeah. Year He has to be
0: yeah.
2: uh, I think he's third favourite In the bookies I think Andy Moore And Stephen Cluxen are Joint top favourites For Football of the Year if Andy Moore has a big final get, He should
0: get to Regardless do of the result I do, you think the dubs are, do you think the Dubs Are going Manmark Um Andy Moran the way he's going this year.
2: They'll have Johnny Cooper on him for sure.
0: Will they? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Johnny,
2: Johnny
0: Cooper,
1: Cooper kind of plays as the as the sweeper for him. He, he, he plays no, back.
2: Kina Sullivan is their main sweeper. sweeper. Yeah, Johnny Cooper is like their backup sweeper. When they have two. Yeah. But Johnny Cooper is their best man marker. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll go man on man with Andy Moran and he's got pace, which may actually cause Andy Moran a bit of trouble because Johnny Cooper is a brilliant man to read a ball, and Andy Moran's biggest strength is kind of shoving a man off and making the run at the perfect time, and he struggled on Johnny Cooper in the yeah. past.
1: Yeah, that'll be a fascinating battle. I'd love yeah. to see Andy Moran weigh in with another one if Andy Moran scores one or three or one you you'd think Mayo would shade it wouldn't you if he was come away with that kind of a game like he had the last couple of games
2: yeah I, I wouldn't say anything for Mayo to shade I think they have to they, they have to um, have all their six forwards kind of click into gear with a point or two each and Andy Moore one three or four killing the score every single free he can't miss a free uh, and their midfielders and half back down country it's going to have to be a massive effort but the head says Dublin, but the heart says Mayo. And before we finish up on that, Giggles, I know you went up to Brisbane to watch the the Northern
1: Ireland final. Where
2: are you watching this week's one? Oh, I'll probably watch this week's one at home in the living room.
1: Man. Yeah, you want to say, Sean, you're you're talking about coming over to watch your Giggles, are you? Yeah, I
0: think I'll join Giggles to watch it here on uh, yeah. Sunday night. Yeah, we
2: usually have to put up the, the the pillows around the TV for when the remote gets thrown off the wall. But don't mind that, <laughs> actually, Sean. I don't know. I could be interested actually watching <laughs> it with him
1: I don't know. Might be a bit. I might think about that a bit yeah think about that one <laughs> I'll let you know I'm going up it's uh, my mother-in-law's 60th so I'm going to be up in Tamworth up in New South Wales for it. so if I'm not logging in to watch it live I'll let you know an hour Do beforehand well. so you might have to put up with him mm. you might be able to watch it in the comfort of your own home ok so right, we'll, we'll come back to that one next week we're, we're really looking forward to it but coming up next we're going to preview I suppose nearly the biggest competition in Australasia this year, which is uh, the State Games in Perth in a
2: couple of weeks' time.
1: In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Look. Things were just going
2: through me head, you know, and, and because like, you know, I can know I don't want to leave the people of them, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Waterford are my life, you know, and I, 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 I love, I, lo- I love, me county, you know. We and, love John and,
1: It's hard to take, but her mind has been made up, there's plenty more fish in the sea. Okay, very, very exciting time of year here in Australasia and the GEA scene because we're coming up to the State Games. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with, with the State Games, it's I suppose what's the best way to explain it? In Melbourne, we have, for instance, we have four hurling clubs and we're in the state of Victoria, and the four hurling clubs combine to play as as one team, the state of Victoria, But there's trials held in hurling football, ladies football and camogie for each of the four teams. And they go on and represent their state. It's, so Yeah, it's like yeah.
0: a provincial series, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I, I suppose it's the closest thing to inter-county standard in terms of... It's like playing for your club and you get picked for your county. It's kind of a way, I suppose, of describing it. You representing play, it here. Yeah. Representing it here. You play for Melbourne, you play kind of, which is Victoria. Sydney is New South Wales. Brisbane is Queensland. Perth is Western Australia. and We have Adelaide in, in South Australia and
2: Wellington over in New Zealand. New Zealand.
1: Yeah. So this year, it's it's on, a, on in, a, in Perth. And I believe you're, you're travelling, John. I think, Sean, you're going travelling as well with the hurdlers?
0: I'm hurdlers. Hopefully I am. I'm still trying to work out the logistics of getting over but um playing Sean. or playing and, and getting <laughs> over and everything. So I don't know yet. I'm still undecided.
2: I think just one thing just to note though on the state games, is run off over a week, you know, so it's not games every weekend so most people have to take time off work. You start the competition on a Wednesday, you could play anywhere between four to six games over that week. And kind of, I kind of describe it to lads as failing a gale for adults. It's very so. like failing a yeah, gale That's a great <laughs> yeah. way of describing it. Uh, you, you just you get to go, and actually, there's a big ball <laughs> at the end of it, like the teenage disco, when you're under fourteen, when you go off, oh. and it's it's, it's good all crack. But the the standard of hurling is very good. Uh, you get to kind of play with the guys you played against all year, and then you got to go up against the best players from other states. Yeah, I
1: think like I played my first one back in 2013, and the best thing for me was that the president of the GA comes out; he's going to be there for all the games. They normally fly out the ref who f- who referees Ireland hurling final. Yeah. Um, so we, I think, who do we have? who Brian, Gavin, yeah, Brian we had Brian Gavin. Then James Owens was out the following year.
2: Who ref this year's hurling final again? No, we didn't have any Irish
1: ref this year. Oh, did they not? Oh, that's disappointing. Hmm. You should organise that very. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I just. We said, won. <laughs> but yeah, that was always. I think it was pretty cool when you had that referee come up. But having the president out for a few days watching the games is, is also a very special thing. But like, but like, um. Was saying there, I think the standard out here is the highest standard you get to play at because obviously it's combined teams, it's the best of all the teams playing together. And, and it's just a fa- like it's a fantastic four or five days. And like the fail of the Gale um, reference, reference is, is, is a brilliant way of describing it. And it, especially because you go away, you stay in hostels, you're with the play, you're like a professional hurler for, for four or eight, five days, which is great cracking, and it finishes that ball. But you're obviously in the middle of training now, giggles, and you have a new initiative coming up this year with the, the Victorian All Stars.
2: Yeah, so we're, we're we're training with the um, the hurling team, the football team is training, the ladies football team are training, and it, it like one of the other things is that every state hosts it every six years. So kind of Queensland will host it one year, we'll host it in Melbourne another year, and this year it's over in Perth. And generally, it costs a team in the region of. Um, Fifteen thousand to seventeen thousand dollars to actually go between buying gear, uh, accommodation, transport, food, etc. So it's a lot of money to raise for for a team. So this year we decided uh, across the three teams in Victoria to run the GA uh, Victoria All Stars, the first All Stars. And I think one it's 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 going to be looking at charging and it, the the nominations have gone out on Facebook over the last couple of weeks. And the first thing is like it's it's good anyway to kind of recognize people who have, you know, played really, really well during the year. I think over here sometimes there's always the same team that win it, whether it was Kilkenny or Dublin or, or Cork back in the day and it's the same over here, like you've got the Wolf Tones football team in Melbourne are a dominant side over here. The Sinn Fein ladies football team are dominant in the hurling, it's a lot more evenly spread ourselves and Gary Owen, we probably would have dominated last year, but this year Shamrocks would have won the nines, we would have won the league, and Sinn Féin would have won the championship. So it was a lot more spread. But um it's just to kind of uh, to recognise all the players first of all by nomination. So we've had 140, 151 players nominated over the last year. Over weeks, the three codes. Over the three codes. Over the four codes. Four codes, to, sorry, to come on. Well. And um, uh, on Saturday night, this Saturday night, starting at six thirty in Albert Park. We're going to be doing the awards night. We're going to have finger food. We're going to have a bit of music. We're going to have the awards ceremony, and we're going to have kind of drinking into the night. So it should it should be a good night. We've um, it's fifty dollars a ticket. You can buy the tickets on, on booking, <laughs> booking.com <laughs> if you're listening in. But um, I, I think th- this year in Victoria, like uh, as I said, w- Wolf Tones are a very strong strong team. They seem to get the best players in every year. But but then the other five teams in Melbourne kind of. Sh- all mad to compete with them, and sometimes they could beat wolves on their day. I think Sinn Fein bet them once this year in the sevens, but they're they're the really dominant football team in, in, in Melbourne. But
1: they've had like some like inter county players that would be on inter county teams back at home playing with them. Like they're like watching the football games. I mean, the hurling is obviously is, is is a good standard as well. But there seems to be more inter county players than he played, or higher standard of football players playing football at a, in hurling. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, there was one guy, for example. I think Conal Jones is his name. He played wing forward for Fermanagh footballers last year. I think they got to the last 16 with Fermanagh with Pete McGrath last year. And this year he's playing centre forward for Wolfe Tones over yeah. in Melbourne. So yeah. that's the kind of quality of player you're dealing with o- o- over here.
1: And Conor Costello as well, from played underage with Galway. I was on the Galway senior panel as well. Conor Costello, yeah. Yeah, playing Wolfe Tones and also plays hurdle with us. Very good hurler. Um, but yeah, I think... I think it's a fa- it's a great initiative to have to have the all stars. It's a bit of crack as well, obviously, lads. You get get nominated, and I you know obviously the three of us got nominated. It's obviously on the money there with the nominations there. Whoever whoever did up them. But the way you how are you doing it in terms of the votes?
2: So yeah, the vote was interesting. It's the manager or president of each of the clubs that are involved. So for example, in the hurling, we've had the president or manager of the Sinn Féin, Gary Owen, Dan Breen's and Shamrocks team submit their team without their club involved. You so can't vote for your own, you own player. can't vote for your own player. So the, the player in the position, you can only get picked in your position uh, with the most votes gets the the all star. So there's yeah. no ambiguity ambiguity about it at all. Yeah no it's great it's
1: great and I think it'll be a great night on Saturday night. And I think the main thing is 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 the fundraiser aspect of it because I think people don't appreciate how the costs associated with sending a team interstate to play in a competition like 15-16 grand is actually is a lot is a lot of money. Yeah. I know back at home with Phil and Gale my own club, Dixper, have got to the field again? A lot of years. Is it costs a lot of money to send teams in terms of gear, track suits, food, accommodation, all those things.
0: It is too, and I, I suppose for for perspective as well. Like we're flying from Melbourne to Perth, which is equivalent to flying from Dublin to Boston. Greece or somewhere. Dublin like to Boston, even yeah. yeah. So it's it's a fair distance away. I mean you're paying, you probably can cover the hostel, maybe cover transport to and from the ground. Cause obviously the grounds are always out in a rural area to yeah. where the actual hotels are or the city is. And so there's a lot of logistics like that people probably don't realize is in, in actually organizing these things and gear and tracksuits and but all yeah, that type of stuff. And,
2: and the best thing about today is you, you've got two or three pitches uh, in, in kind of, I suppose rural Australia, but you've got possibly two to 3000 Irish people out there playing or supporting the games. Mm. You've got a bar out there. You sometimes have live music out there. You've yeah. got the games televised last year. They were yeah. able to be watched at home in Ireland. Um, so it, it's a great, great competition. Um, it's,
0: it's, it's the pinnacle of, of, the, of the season, really. And it's like the pinnacle of of, of hurling and football and Gaelic games out there. It, you're playing against the best. Yeah. So this is the highest level we can play out here in Australia. I mean, last year, we we we'd obviously had won it last year, and it was... It'll probably go down as, you know, your, your, your most coveted middle out here, really, like the highest. But there's also a fascinating
1: side to it that I didn't know about until I played on it back in 2013, is that there is a minor Gaelic football competition. But the minor Gaelic football competition, it's not Irish lads under 18, there's not too many, um, we, have, we don't have enough numbers no. for that kind of competition, but it's young Aussies who are playing Aussie rules... Under the age of 18, come together and play to represent the state. And they, they get together, was it five or six weeks before Hank Eagles and train? Yeah. Would
2: that be fair? And in, in Victoria, then the the manager of the Victorian team for the last couple of years has been Brian Steins. Yeah. So, Jim played, Steins is brother. Played, played midfield for Dublin in 1995. Jim Steins, his brother, obviously a huge dub. <laughs> um, hopefully, he'll be crying on Sunday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and you want to see these guys play, like oh I my god, it's
0: amazing to watch these guys play. Just, they're just they're they're specimens. They're just pure, and utter athletes. They're all playing Aussie Rules over here at high level and actually in in towards going to professional level in in Aussie Rules, and they love the game of Gaelic football. But and their scoring
1: ability, yeah. their scoring ability is phenomenal. Like mm. the, the, their kicks for points and for goals, like like I reckon they would that those minor teams would give an inter county minor team at home a run for money definitely. They, they do they fall I down a bit in. on the
0: skills and you know kicking around the corner that
2: makes them look phenomenal and yeah. like jack canning uh, we're talking about him being a big minor he'd look like a midget compared to some of these guys yeah they're six foot six they're built some of them are in line for a professional contract the year after clubs already they're, they're humongous guys, and yeah. they can fist pass the ball about fifty yards. That's yeah, their. W- yeah. So if, if, if you see Aussie rules, one of the big things is their fist pass. They really give it with the fist in yeah. Aussie rules, and when you're watching these games, these guys are fist passing the ball fifty yards running. They don't even need to take the bounce because they just can fist pass it so much. Yeah. Running into the that running game that they have. Now they're kicking lets them down sometimes because yeah. it's a round ball. Some are kicking let And,
1: this bit or and
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that. But I, th- I think the Aussies struggle with the round ball when it comes to their professionals playing compromise rules against yeah, Ireland yeah. and you see the same with their minors some of the guys who learn how to kick it around the corner as they call it over here which is the, the normal kicking side off the inside of the boot in Gaelic football is, is the guys who are more successful at kicking but yeah. the guys kicking straight on sometimes yeah, they with it. A, a bit yeah. Bit. but yeah no, that is an, an interesting part of the, the state games that you've got four to five minor teams playing in a minor championship as well as the kind of uh, ladies football, the camogie, the, the hurling, and the men's football, yeah. kind of adult competition. So,
1: yeah, no, look, it's very exciting. It's coming up and it's coming up in the starting the 5th of October 5th, of October. 5th of October, yeah, on a Wednesday and finish it up on a, on, on a Sunday in part. So, we'll be keeping a close eye on that and we might actually touch base after that as well just to see how he got on. Um, It's a very, very exciting time to be involved with, with, with the state teams. Um, Okay, so I think that's it for, for today. Thanks very much. John, for having us down here and for the lovely lemon and ginger tea. <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. Sean you only had the normal tea. I went for the normal tea, yeah.
0: And you didn't have to, don't have the normal milk down here. It's the kind of watery milk. The, yeah, John likes the no fat milk. Like, trying, keep telling him there's no good to you. Yeah. yeah. The, no, I don't drink milk
2: at all. It does not me at all, by. Not me at all, bye.
1: <laughs> Well, that's it. So thanks very much for tuning in and we'll be on to you next week with the review of the football fight.